Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Matt Perslow. Hello. Dale Driver. All right. How you doing? Hello. I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. Temperature's dropped, in it, last few days? It's got cold. Oh, it's horrible, innit? I hate it. I hate it. When, like, yeah. when the clocks change and then the temperature drops like, rapidly at once, it just feels like it's depressing, oh. innit? I like it once you settle in, though, because, yeah. I went outside the house yesterday, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> in the evening as well, Uh Wore a shirt, a jumper, and a jacket. That's that's the state of the world right now. Layers, uh, lots of layers. What's your opinion on the rapidly global warming situation we've got, Matt? Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> defer to Greta on this one. She's the expert. Uh, we, well, next week we have got Greta Thunberg on the podcast, so we that's can sick. ask. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, yeah, she's going to be telling us all about her favourite PS3 games. Yeah. Um, also, her feedback on GTA Trilogy Remastered. Exactly. Uh, there's a little teaser for what we may or may not be talking about next week. But this week, guys, a lot to talk about this week. A lot of games coming out uh, and a film. I think there's only one place to start because every year, I don't know if people knew this, a Call of Duty game comes out without fail for how long now? What since twenty years? It's got to be right. Well, two thousand and three was the first one, but I don't know if it's Call of Duty two. The second was there, has there been one every year? No, it there feels wasn't like... every year to begin no. with. Like Cod like... two had a bit of anticipation to it. I think since, since... Modern Warfare, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was two thousand and seven. So was... Whoa, that's yeah, still so... fourteen years. Yeah, almost fifteen years of continuous war, <laughs> and we're back. To where it all began, we're back to World War Two in Call of Duty Vanguard. I reviewed the single player campaign, uh, gave it a seven out of ten because it's good, and yeah, it's but it's just it's one of the most cinematic depictions of World War Two I've seen, and it's just naturally a very cinematic mm. war. You know, I don't want to <laughs> glorify it in any way, but it's the amount of films and TV made about it alone suggests that you know there's just so much there to tackle um all around the world and at times it's yeah stunning to look at sounds amazing some great moments but on the whole it's just i was just a little underwhelmed because there wasn't the variety i've come to and i know that some people may roll their eyes when i say the words variety with call of duty but in their campaigns there is sometimes genuine variety in the missions like mm. especially in modern warfare and black ops you get the more tech-based stuff with like whether it's using drones or using vehicles or gadgets but uh, in this one it's just kind of it's a lot of boots on the ground which i found a bit disappointing well, it's, it's interesting that that's the problem with it because i sort of feel that of all the potential warfare elements that you have World War Two is seen as so cinematic because it's basically the only conflict in kind of human history that's kind of close to, uh, bear with me on this, but fantasy in the idea that when you sort of look at something like Lord of the Rings, because it's a fantasy world, like literal global mm. kind of conflict, you're in lots of different countries with lots of different types of warfare being fought. 
And that's what World War Two was, is like you've got numerous different fronts at a point where technology is massively evolving at the time. And therefore, like when you look at the best World War Two Call of Duty games, there's lots of stuff with tanks, there's lots of stuff with like the, the dawn of experimental weapons, there's flight, there's parachuting, there's landing on beaches, there's all that kind of elements going on. And I feel that that's why you'd set something in World War Two because of the sheer variety of the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to the Call of Duty campaign every year. I know like, over the years, I think people have gotten progressively less interested in it in general, whereas multiplayer, zombies, Warzone has kind of taken the four. But I, I, especially a World War II campaign, I was really excited to play it. And like I said, there are moments that are great. The standout bits are with Laura Bailey's character, who plays Paulina Petrova, a Russian, kind of Russian marksman who kind of... I don't want to spoil the story, but from the original trailer you've seen, like her story takes place during the Battle of Stalingrad, which is arguably one of the most horrific battles in history. Mm. It's, it's <laughs> an absolute... Like, if you've read anything about Stalingrad, you know it's people... Basically, more I think more people starved to death in the Battle of Stalingrad than actually it's, died uh, it's due to siege, warfare. siege, isn't it, essentially? Yeah. And it lasted what seems like forever, but basically her mission's are just so good and compared to the other members of the team so the basic outline is it's supposed to be the dawn of special forces which kind of did take place during world war Two. and you've got one member like one elite soldier from each of the allied forces so usa britain uh soviet union and australia kind of coming together to take down the third reich near the end of the war and a lot of the game is presented via flashbacks, so it's going back to how these people like made their name in the war during these big missions. So you've got Operation Tonga from D-Day, for example, and Stalingrad. Um, but yeah, hers is just the most interesting. She feels like the most fleshed-out characters, where the others just seem like good soldiers. She has more of a heart to her story. Mm-hmm. And each... Interestingly, like, I've never seen this before in a Call of Duty campaign. Like, each of the operators so to speak they've kind of gone the multiplayer route of it each one has their own unique abilities and perks so and hers are the most interesting so i wrote in my review it almost turns like her missions are almost a hybrid of and this is going to sound just because it's laura bailey but they're almost a bit last of us combined with a little bit of doom (laughs) which sounds mad (laughs) but bear with me when you play it you'll know what i'm talking about because She's a sniper and she also specialises in, in stealth skills. So like her passive ability is when she crawls through tight spaces or is prone, she moves quicker than any other person. So you can move quickly around the map. She can also climb certain walls and use grab points. To kind of You're kind of parkouring around certain moments. There's two encounters where you're going to need to do that a lot. And you're also vaulting over things like stabbing people in the neck. Like It's a bit doom in that sense. Okay. That there's certain accounts where you have to like almost do concentric circles around the map jumping over things and just like using shotguns to kill people basically yeah. I, I was getting that vibe from it and those are by far the standout missions in the game and i just wanted the whole game to be that because when you do go back to either like arthur kingsley who's the british sergeant you kind of just feel like I've, i'm doing a mission i've done a hundred times before in world war Two games or the more frustrating one you talked about like tanks and stuff mm-hmm. like for me the old Call of Duty World War Two games, like I remember tanks so vividly. Especially, I think it's Call of Duty Two. I remember tanks stuff in a Africa. Lot 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. You do a similar thing. You you play as one of the desert rats in the Battle of El Alamein in this game, which is one of the most famous tank battles in history. But you don't get in a tank once, and that really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd think if they're using one of the most famous tank battles in history that you'd play as a tank commander rather than an mm. infantryman, right? What are the other abilities? You mentioned the one yeah. character has, like, you know, moves faster, can climb. The other ones can't climb? Um, the other ones can't climb, but those missions, yeah, you those don't, levels don't have. To climb, yeah. yeah, so um, you've got the American, his name's Wade Jackson. He can basically on it's on a cooldown if you press up on the d-pad it's it borders on the supernatural it's a bit bizarre he basically can see enemies through smoke and foliage so uh. he knows where all the enemies are and then once he sees them it kind of slows down time red dead star when you can like pick them all okay. off in a row so he's, so he's observant a, and got good reaction speeds then if yeah in real world um, terms. Pa- polina has a secondary ability which her so everyone kind of up on the d-pad has uh, an like a what you call a non-passive perk, just a perk Active. they can use, an ability, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so hers also, like, because there's quite a bit in her levels where you want to, like, kind of smoke out snipers. Uh, that's a really good sniper section. Um, and she can basically use, a mi- like, a knife to, like, glint and try and smoke them out so you can work out where okay. the snipers are. Um, that's very fun. The other ones are... So the British uh, soldier, his his one is basically... Cause there's quite a bit where you're kind of sieging parts of Normandy of him, so you can direct your troops very loosely. Like, say there's an option left or right, you can choose them to attack the left right. or the right. Like, it's, it's like a his is the dullest. This is the dullest. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and what's the Australians one? Do you know? It's so. Oh, so his one is he basically can hold different types. So you know most characters can just hold one type of grenade yeah. or explosive mm-hmm. he can basically um toggle between all four or five of them so you can carry lot he's like the explosive expert he can basically carry got a bigger 16 belt. pieces of explosive basically <laughs> yeah. he's got a massive bag <laughs> yeah. um that's his perk but yeah those aren't particularly interesting like but there are i seem overly down there. i'm not because there are great like i said there's great standout moments the cinematics and facial animations. Oh. I don't think anyone comes close to Call of Duty. I, it looks unbelievable. I watched, like, I haven't really seen much of this game, but I watched your video review of it yesterday, and I was like, I was struck by like, how beautiful the cinematics look. Like, incredible mm. stuff. I think yeah. that's something that Sledgehammer in particular does well, because Call of Duty World War Two has what I think are the best cinematics in a COD game. Um, and there's, like, a, a section in that where there's like two soldiers like brawling in like a rainy muddy kind of field and the mud effects on that where you can see like individual raindrops dropping into mud and causing like the dirt particles to fleck up people's faces and stuff like that it's like Mm. they i think because sledgehammer have i think those guys seem to be the more narrative focused team that cod has got Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why their their cinematics yeah. kind of feel like they go. Sure, it's well written. It's it's well performed. Like I have no problems with the characters. Just some of them are a bit underutilized. It's more it's more the mission design. I think is where I think it falls down. I don't know if it's. And I don't want to presume, but I don't know if it's something to do with COVID and time restraints. Like I can see there's moments where maybe they wanted to do more, but it's like we just have to put a standard A to B mission in here to get this story done, basically. Mm. But. I don't know, yeah. I, I do like it. And the music as well. It's Bear McCreary who did the God of War soundtrack. Him doing like a World War... Like, 
when you think of World War Two films and games, like the music always stands out, whether it's Medal of Honor or I don't know, Dam Busters or like the music is important to a World War Two and yeah, it sounds amazing. Like Lol Brass. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it is it is arguably the shortest it's about as long as the cold war campaign it took me just under five hours it's not long Ooh. but that's it done tonight then <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. I, I guess for the the average consumer like you, no one's buying call of duty anymore just for that single player anymore i don't know some people like i used to but yeah i don't if know they are, like, that feels like think, a bit of a i don't rip. think exactly i don't think you can justify yeah. that these days especially when games are like 70 80 pounds like yeah, yeah, like historically, I've bought, and like I also think Call of Duty is on a real good run for campaigns at the moment. Like the last kind of four, mm. I mean, like even Cold mm-hmm. War, which is very short, is a really good campaign with the yes. idea of its structure. Like I love that hub base and finding those like floppy disks and then decoding things yeah. to get you into side quests and stuff like that. Um, so I think they've been on a real good run, especially since like Infinite Warfare, which is one of my favorites. But yeah, it's kind of like. The reduction in size of those is it doesn't matter how good those are it mm-hmm. does become like when games are like verging on 70 quid sometimes it is yeah. like yeah and i and i can't speak to zombies on multiplayer because i just haven't had time mm-hmm. to play them yet because we, we only got code a couple of days before it came out but um i would say yeah and people are into warzone but warzone's free to play yeah. so mm-hmm. you know um and presumably yeah, all the world war ii stuff for warzone is coming for free right you don't have to own warzone yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah on uh 3rd of december i think the map mm-hmm. launches if i'm right the new one for warzone um yeah i enjoyed it overall i just i like that saying i've always liked world war ii films like and it was it's basically a playable world war ii film oh one thing i haven't mentioned one of the two main nazi villains is played by lost and lord of the rings dominic monaghan yeah. who um <laughs> I never pegged him down as a Nazi. No. I've got to say, um, is he convincing? He's, <laughs> not he like it's always distraction because Call of Duty do the one for one likeness, so it is just him mm-hmm. in the scene. <laughs> but the thing is, he looks older, and they've given him like really big glasses. So in my review, I've written that he basically does look like a fascist Elton mm. John. He looks a lot <laughs> like Elton John in it, which was quite off putting. Um, but he's he's sinister enough. But it is that whole thing of like the whole time I'm just thinking this is, this yes. is Mary, it's Charlie from uh, <laughs> yeah or from last year. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah, it's good. Like he he he's perfectly good in it, but it's always going to be distracting, isn't it? Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys have any more questions about anything you want to know. We don't want to spoil it for people because they'll probably be playing it. But no, um, not really. I mean, um, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I guess if you're buying call of duty and you intend on playing all the modes then it's mm-hmm. like extremely good value for money really like especially if yeah, you're like I mean, long-term they do invested. pack a lot into these games but yeah yeah only if you're interested in i just thought but for me it's like i only really play the single player every time and yeah. just like you play through that um so i i am interested in checking out because i do like these days i do tend to prefer like short tight story campaigns mm. you know i just think yeah. maybe it feels a little bit too tight these days i think yeah i don't know yeah because yeah could i recommend someone spend 70 pounds if they just want to play this campaign mm. probably not yeah I, w- I would say that that is far too steep you're getting rental yeah, you're not getting enough for that but yeah if you're interested in multiplayer i've had a lot of time to play it. they've packed a lot of multiplayer into it this year there's 20 maps at launch and new mode like if you're someone who plays like I haven't had a chance to play. I played a little bit during the beta period and yeah. had, had a decent enough time. Um, a, I, I don't, I don't follow Call of Duty multiplayer these days. But do, do people, when a new release comes out, do they automatically switch to the new one, or do they stick 
we're like I, I don't know what happens anymore i think people will i feel like sometimes when they go between the modern warfare black ops there's a bit like i know a lot of people still played modern warfare when black ops came out sure, but yeah. it's because there's distinct differences between that like the time to kill maps i, I think are just distinctly different between those two mm. versions whereas World War Two is basically a reskin of Modern Warfare. It's using the same, like it's even using some of the same like, UI and like yeah, because there's obviously so, like big, you know, stylistic changes every year. Um, yeah, and I'm wondering, like you know, like old games, like on FIFA, for example, like when it gets to yeah. five years, they'll switch the servers off for the old games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. do they still keep the servers going well, for I think the Black, Black Ops Three servers? So the Black Ops Three servers definitely are working okay. because. For my sins, I am playing Black Ops 3 with a friend at the moment who's ranking all of the Call of Duties for another site. Okay. Um, Black Ops 3 has the worst uh, campaign. I, I can definitely <laughs> say that now. I'm fucking hating every moment of it, but right. I'm being a good friend. But um, we just dropped into the multiplayer suite to see it. But people are still playing that. And that game is like, what, like yeah. five, six years old now? But I think mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure the Black Ops Two servers are still on because that's the one that people really fucking love. It's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if it's like someone's so invested in one particular game that the idea of like starting everything all over again mm-hmm. is like just too scary to them, and they just know I'm going to stick with Black Ops Two forever. You know, well as mm-hmm. long as I'm allowed to, at least. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's good fun if you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can honestly recommend it for a full price. It's only it is only five hours. It's it's a good five hours though. Like mm. it doesn't do any. It doesn't really reinvent the world, but it does. You're basically getting a five hour playable, amazing looking World War Two yeah. movie, basically. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one because yeah, for that like. Well, if we you, don't really ever review something taking the price into it, no. to be honest. But well, if you are, I mean, we established last week about that Boomerang Rentals company, right? Like, yeah. that seems, if you're just into single player, it seems like the perfect exactly. fodder for yeah, that. Yeah, it's absolutely that sort of deal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, or one person buy a physical. Share it around your friends. Have a nice little, uh, a COVID safe uh, game trade festival. I don't know what I'm on about, but there Speaking you go. Speaking of festivals, That's- eh? Yeah, Is that where you speaking go? of festivals, <laughs> exactly, you went straight into it. Um, Forza Horizon 5, out today, I believe. Mm. Um, we've given it a 10 out of 10 <clears throat> on IGN.com, Oof. which, from the very brief... I think we've all played roughly an hour to two hours of the game. I'm only about roughly. 30 minutes, really. But oh, yeah. Well, you know, you play quicker than people, so that's probably an hour in, <laughs> in, normal, uh, in normal people's times. Um I'm obviously not far enough to give a to no. give a, a review of this game, but um, from everything I've seen, like this, that's just playground are too good. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know just, what I can review after good. 30 minutes is how yeah. fucking spectacular it looks. Like yeah, it visually, is, um, it's the most beautiful. Like, and I've just said, Call of Duty is one of the most beautiful games I have played. Forza Horizon, like consistently, whenever they bring out a new one, I think they just raise the bar yeah. for visuals in games. Like, unbelievable, and also playground. They just they they're the masters that are knowing how to open a game as well. Oh, like the opening yes. of that game is so fun. I remember distinctly Forza Horizon Four. Obviously, it's in Britain. Like going through all the different seasons, what an incredible opening! This one too. It's just they're just off their head, and I love it. I think, like, I mean, it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but compared to a game we're going to talk about later on, it's just night and day in terms of intros. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think this is just so like perfectly you boot the game up this is immediately what you want to do right i immediately want to be in the car show me mm-hmm. give me the vibe of this game 
in like I played it yeah. this morning. I played it for twenty, thirty minutes. I immediately, you know, got the feel, got the vibe, the tone, everything, and it, it and give me some amazing cars as well. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, don't put me in like I don't know, like a mini. I don't want to be like minis are fun. Don't yeah. know if you have a mini. No offense, but I could be in a like a Porsche Cayman or something. It's like the the opposite of like the old days, you know, with Driver, for example, where it was just like, okay, the intro of this game is do this really boring and hard test mm-hmm. in this car park. <laughs> And this was like, no, we will give you exotic cars, exotic yeah. locations. And you will drive music. into a sandstorm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one as well, I think, gets you started with higher rank cars much quicker. Like, I've mm. been played a lot of uh, Horizon 4 over the last year. And that one has got a slightly more steady kind of curve into the supercars. Mm-hmm. Whereas this seems like... You, I mean, you start very quickly, like, in the intro, you get, like, a, a Mercedes-AMG supercar, like, mm. like incredibly mm-hmm. beautiful thing. But every race I've gone to has had sort of, like, A-tier cars as available, and it's very much... That feels an interesting point of going, like, we'll let you drive the really cool cars. It's going to be a bit more difficult because they handle, like, more, like, delicately yes. than the other cars. But, like, if you want to have, like, a rip-raring time from the start, like, absolutely go for it. Yeah, 100%. That's what I love about Forza Horizon is... They just put you in this beautiful world. If you haven't mentioned it already, it's Mexico this time, if you didn't know, in a beautiful depiction of Mexico. And they just put you in these worlds and just say, go and have fun and let you do it all. And it's like, there's no real gatekeeping to anything. It's just like, yeah. go and have the time of your life. And it's just so fun. And speaking of Mexico, like I thought Forza Horizon 4 was maybe the most beautiful game I played when I played it. And Britain is... Th- like I love Britain. It's beautiful. There wasn't the variety maybe you'd get from other places no. in the world. I thought it looked lovely. Instantly, Mexico, you're like, you've got a volcano, you've got sa- you've got salt flats, you've got like Jungle. sandy beaches, you junk like yeah. yeah, you've got like you've got ancient pyramids, you've got a city like it's just so much more varied and that's probably just the part of being not from that part of the world. Mm. Sound like I'm gonna. Well, cry yeah, I would say like off. Brit- um, inherently Britain to us is not as exotic. As see, I really, like, I, know I really love Forza Horizon Four, and I think part of it was that I spent a long time not being able to just go out and explore Britain because you were locked indoors for so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. and the familiarity, and also there is a certain excitement of seeing like what games are set in Britain. It never is, so there is a kind of like joy to yeah. I know these road Let's signs, I know the these like, yeah, these stone <laughs> walls and stuff like that. But you do realise that when you boot up, like the first fifteen minutes of, of Horizon Five takes you to so many different types of environment. Yeah. And you realise that kind of like as much as I love the kind of like ascent through four from the kind of lowlands up into the highlands of Scotland where you've got all the snowy mountains mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's nothing in terms of like ground and terrain that's that's like what there is in this mm. one. There's you're going from sand to mud to to roads to kind of like like desert and stuff yeah. like that. And there's so much kind of and that brings with it interesting new challenges and interesting new opportunities. There's just so so many different things to do. And I know like if you've played if you're there's people who've played thousands of hours of Forza Horizon. It's not new to them, but I kind of want to people who haven't played Forza Horizon. I think maybe you'd look at it and go oh I, i'm not into racing games it's you don't have to play it like a racing game because there's so much to do in it like i did a mission i've barely done any missions but one of them i was playing i was just like this is a gta mission i'm doing here like <laughs> i just had to find a car and basically drive it back um on on a big truck and i'm like at times it's like 
playing a very beautiful GTA without any other guns and mm-hmm. <laughs> violence. Like, yeah. You can you can just go around and be a photographer, basically. Like you don't have to do any races in that game if you don't want. Well, they folded like, the photography element into it even more now because like there are actual missions which is just like we want you to drive here and take a photograph of your car in the most scenic location yeah. we can find. And I like that that's element. But then you've got the stuff like the showcase like experiences or whatever they call them, which I think are like the crown in Horizon these days. Like, the one that I did this morning was drive to the top of an active volcano and then just bomb it down the side of it. It's just... Look forward to it, that. It, it's <laughs> such a... The thing I love about it so much is, like, I like... I've always liked cars. Like, my dad's super into cars, and so I've had this inherent sort of thing where I've been interested. But I've never been interested in racing, and I find that the for, these Forza Horizon games, as opposed to the mainline series is just about the joy of like driving around and yeah. just having a fun time on, on on wheels basically and that's what i love about it you, you find the right radio station for you very much like gta you find the right radio station to get the right music and then do the mm-hmm. right kind of event yeah. and it's just like it's such a joyful kind of playtime i'm all about the uh classical music channel in forza <laughs> games i love putting it on oh, yeah I, I bang it on put on some pulse get the planets going no wolf like, alice is on pulse at the moment I will say the soundtrack at first glance is not as strong as Forza Horizon. No, it's Force. not. Okay. Um, but to be fair, after a few hours of Forza, I tend to just mute and put my own music on anyway. It's it's a fan. It's just oh, it's just so good. Like yeah, I can't say like I don't know if it, like I've only still only played like an hour. I I can't say how high it'll be on my game of the year list, but it's it's definitely going to be up there. Bear in mind, um, I've barely touched this game um but i did yeah. get past the point where i had to create a character and i had to choose a prosthetic yes. limb you What's didn't have going? to choose a prosthetic you, you, you can choose none didn't you well, it just, it just there gives was... people the option oh like, okay it's... all right it felt like there was so many there that it was almost wanted me to yeah, choose it's, one <laughs> exactly just lets you be who you want to be um, i was just like i wonder if yeah, it's I a story none. beat there's something. a big option that just says none <laughs> <laughs> no mate. i um, saw all these options like well i feel like i've got to pick one of these a small little touch as well just like obviously it carries over from four like instantly i boot up their game it just said hello simon i was like yeah. I'm and also out. the fact that <laughs> like, <laughs> the the horizon festival people are just like oh we loved what you were doing back in the uk and it's like it just sort of it knows that yeah. you've played yeah, yeah. for and it recognizes that you had a good oh, time so good. like if you weren't already excited like i'm just imagining what the hell a playground gonna do with fable how good is that game gonna look like yeah i don't know like unbelievable um probably talk more about thoughts once we played more of it because we're still very early on with mm-hmm. it but yeah it's it's so good and yeah like we we're saying it the intro and even when you're talking to people and like that like radio like banty up with people it's never too much they hit that kind of sweet spot of it's not too annoying they're not using crazy lingo and you're mm. actually learning stuff kind of about Mexico at times. there yeah. may be a segue <laughs> yeah. <teed> up here <laughs> yeah <laughs> On the flip side, <laughs> <laughs> Riders Republic <laughs> came out last week from Ubisoft, which I'm going to preface this as not a bad game, a good game from what I've played. My God, is it some of the most irritating dialogue and cutscenes I've ever experienced in my life. Mm. Um, before Dale unleashes, because we all know Dale hates this sort of stuff. Um, Riders Republic is kind of a game in the vein of Forza Horizon. Imagine an extreme sports basically version of Forza Horizon. You can what ski, snowboard, mountain bike, wingsuit. Wingsuit, jetpack like, thingy. There's 
loads you can do in it. I've rocket bike. I was playing. I was yeah, I was in a situation. <laughs> I've played like an hour, and I want to play more. But then, unfortunately for them, Forza Horizon came out, yeah. which kind of is superior in almost every way, despite being you know one's a driving game, one's not. But they're um, but they're both themed around like the idea of like a festival or like gathering of yeah. people to do these extreme sports, right? On a big open map, right? Yeah, Where it's yeah, like you yeah. just look at a big open map and see that event looks cool. I'm going to travel to yeah. there and do it. The entire mm-hmm. format is the same. Yeah, they're basically the same, and I think it's yeah. yeah, it's massively fucked over Riders Republic because what well, I might have played a bit of, and now I'm going to spend that time playing Forza instead. Exactly. That well, delay did the them problem, no favors. Yeah. Well, also the intro does them no favors because yeah. it's so heavily tutorialized, and like I said, the most annoying dialogue. I just hate all of that. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the lines. Some of them are absolutely shocking. Um, I can't believe but, any of them was stuck with you. Like I, I zoned out within about well, a minute. I, of I do you remember saying something about like let's grab a triple shroom burger yes, or something? Yeah. Um, there's like oh um there's one. What's oh someone says uh buck nutty riders. <laughs> you should twangle in their madness at some point. Yeah. That's one like. It's just making up words. It's, um, it's all just a bunch of people walking around and going, oh, this is so totally radical, oh, dude. Let's that's... go. Everyone's stoked it's... all the time. Oh, it drives and, me like, mad. That, some yeah. of the names. Like, so I haven't played this since preview, but if, it's been a while since I did the preview, but I think I didn't want to talk about it on the podcast because I was so negative about that preview. <laughs> and part of it was because I can't stand the tone of it. The whole yeah. thing of like was a group of people called the Shack Daddies and you've yeah. got to do challenges with them. Like, oh, please go away. Yeah. I, if I play this game, I definitely will be... Uh, it'll be a podcast game where I listen to other people yeah. while playing it. But the reason I do want to persevere is it's because I've seen a lot... Like, I think we've given it an 8 out of 10. A lot of people saying this is a very fun game and it reminds them of SSX and stuff like that. And I, I love the old SSX games. And if it does capture some of that, I want to get there and want to break through this kind of early barrage of nonsense. But yeah. all the clip, Like, I've seen... Like, I think... A lot of people at this point would have seen like Twitter clips of just like people taking off on wingsuits and like almost playing. It's like an Iron Man game at times. It sometimes looks like and I'm just like, I want to do that. Yeah, but I've got to break through that fence first and also tear my eyes away from Forza Horizon because even <laughs> when we're sitting talking about that now, all I'm thinking about is I want to go and play Forza Horizon. Yeah. So. The the intros are just like polar opposites as well. Like. Even with the Riders of Republic thing, I maybe watched one or two of those cutscenes before I was skipping every cutscene after that. I was like, I can't watch this. But oh, yeah, even not, even yeah. with that, the clunky nature of how it's introducing you to stuff is so stop-starty. I feel like everything is really sluggish and moving. And also, in the same breath, it's like throwing a million things in front of your face, saying, mm-hmm. unlock this, now do this, now you've got this, do you want this, do you want that? I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm sure it all makes sense once you settle into the game. I think, yeah, they've tried to emulate that thoughts are opening by chucking you into like scenarios of each of the different things you can do, but they're just so much less impressive. And just So many options as well, like, oh, do you want to do this manually? Do you want to do this control method? Do you want to do this method? And I was like, I feel like I've barely got time to breathe here with all this crap coming in my face. Mm-hmm. But Saying like I said, that, though, I did try the mass races, and they yeah. are mad and really fun. And I like. Oh, there's a lot of fun there. Yeah. Like, I think this is a fun game. It's just the app, the presentation and intro of it is is poor, which I think will put a lot of people off. Sadly, which yeah, yeah I'm, I I won again some of those mass races, and I've seen yeah, <laughs> like, is it like 120? 
64, isn't it? I think it's 64, When it starts... Should be 120. When it starts... Well, I don't know, because when it starts, it's fucking insane. Because you can knock people over. That's the deal. When you sort of settle into, like, your place, about usually about halfway through, it kind of becomes, like, more manageable. Although, I feel like there's no opportunity to catch up whatsoever. Once it, like, I feel like... Mm. Once your place is set about halfway through, that's it. That's your position, unless you massively fuck yeah, up. You've got to wait for them to yeah, muck up. Like, yeah. I can only imagine imagine winning one of those races. It must feel amazing. Oh, it'd be great. But it's like so far, I'm, I'm not doing well. I'm always in like 40th or 50th or something. Mm-hmm. It's a, they're, but, they're stuff going, but they're fun and want, they're crazy. Exactly. There's a lot of fun there. I, want, I, I do want to play more of it. But like I said, I, I do want to play Forza even right now. Yeah. I, I'm looking over my shoulder well I'm not looking over my shoulder because that's a wardrobe but you know <laughs> theoretically I'm looking over my shoulder and I want to play Forza but um yeah I don't know like this week loads of games and then what we've got Halo for the rest of the year is that it now? GTA I'm trying to think GTA oh the GTA yeah. trilogy next week that's, yeah, that's going to dominate the rest of my year I think oh, god yeah I need to fit in a lot of Forza before then because I will be playing those but mm. yeah let us know IGN underscore UK IGN.com I know a lot of people are enjoying Riders Republic um, oh I wanted to bring this up actually it's a good little feedback section um, going back to Forza where would you want it to be next I mm-hmm. I thought this one was going to be Japan and there's been rumours of Japan before and I can't think of anywhere more perfect than Japan, <laughs> so I'm going to go Japan. Um, but yeah, you put me I on the know. spot here. Yeah? I'm sure there's lots. We've of... had we've had Britain, Italy, Australia, Mexico, and America was Colorado the specifically. Yeah. Colorado, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Japan has quite a nice variety to things. Uh, That's what you want, right? You want somewhere which has all sorts of different climates, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, a lot of variety, and then a lot you're, of the places that, com- that come to mind. Not the, so moon. the moon. <laughs> you're not getting oh. a lot of variety on the moon, are you? No. Uh, I suppose not. what they no. could do is try and do what the crew did, but do it better, where you just do actually a cross-country America thing, where you oh, start yeah, you yeah. Can start in New York and move all the way across to like San Fran. That would be mad, but I'd like it. Um, yeah, let us know where you, you'd like it to be set. Mm. underscore UK feedback at ign.com Matt you've seen a film Mm -hmm. this week that I'm jealous of because I haven't had time to see it yet Edgar Wright's new film Last Night in Soho tell us all about it Um, it's great really really enjoyed it Um, I generally quite like Edgar Wright anyway I think he's one of the most kind of interesting working filmmakers got a real distinct sense of style and and like a lot of motifs that he likes to use Um, Last Night in Soho is kind of his First, what I say, actually serious film. Like most okay. of his films are obviously like like the Cornetta yeah. trilogy are distinctly comedies. Scott Pilgrim is a comedy. Um, Baby, Baby Driver, obviously yeah. less. Pardon. I was going to say Baby Driver is not really a comedy, but I know yeah. what you mean. Like but Baby Driver is fun, right? Like it's yeah. distinctly mm-hmm. kind of like. I oh, it's very yeah. To it's very no. It knows what it is yeah. like, and it's yeah. yeah. It almost has that Forza element to it, right? Whereas it's like f- having fun in cars, but there yeah. are shootouts going around and stuff like that. <laughs> Last night in Soho, like I think from the very very beginning of it, you can tell that it's like that's not his his aim with this one. Um, to the point, like the fonts that are used to introduce the film are very almost like classical, they're like serif fonts. Um, a much kind of like a lot of obviously sixties music going on because this is a film that intertwines the nineteen sixties with the present day. But he does a lot to make sure that there's not a distinct feeling of like the modern to the old, like. Mm. 
at the start so even though it's set in the present day yes they're using mobile phones and have beats headphones and stuff like that but the cars are old and it's choosing like the older sections of london um because he's a man that very much like i've noticed this in a few of his films like doesn't like the idea of the gentrification of london kind of like sean of the edge set in old man boozers like the world's end very much about the not liking the gentrification of kind of London and taking it over. So there's a lot of that nostalgia mm-hmm. for the 60s. Well, that's what I listened to an interview of him recently, and it's, yeah, it's all basically about that nostalgia for a time you never lived in. And yeah. I thought from what I can gather, like, that's the theme of the film is like someone having nostalgia for like swinging 60s London, and it's always painted as this, um, like, great, like, place where, like, this place full of life and music and art, whereas for the average person life wasn't like that at all (laughs) and that's kind of where its intrigue comes from so it's one of these genre bent sort of um films where it starts off as one thing and phases through a spectrum until it becomes something else um the start very much a a nostalgic love letter to the 1960s it's about a, a girl who is going to london so she's never been to she comes from cornwall moving into london to the big city with all of these kind of like romantic ideas of what london's like um Mm. starts to be able to see with no kind of spoilers here but Mm. the 60s in which she gets to see the life of of a girl played by anya taylor joy so thomas and mackenzie is the girl in the present anya taylor joy is the girl from the 60s and it starts off like this lovely kind of aspirational journey of kind of like a, a girl that wants to essentially be famous like Scylla Black. It's got that, like, the fact that Scylla Black is actually a character in this film is, is quite she? odd, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that is odd. Dale's sold. <laughs> it's just a, you, you love Scylla. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I'm indifferent to Scylla, but like, just think of it like an American audience. Is, like, is Scylla Black clearly explained? Yeah, like, like, I mean, she's obviously not in it as a huge part. That's to kind of bring the idea of like the, I guess, the... Touchstone of reality. The touchstone of the era and the fact yeah. that obviously, I think most people of my age are going to know Scylla Black as someone surprise, that surprise. presented Blind Date, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, she was a singer in the 60s and very famous within Britain, but I imagine so less so abroad. Yeah. Um, I imagine so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but then it kind of starts to move on as you're watching her life and realising that, like, the aspirations of a singer-dancer in kind of London are not always as clean and beautiful as you expect. Mm. And so then it gradually becomes darker and darker and darker and grislier as, like, the layers of romanticism are pulled away. That's cool. To the point at the end where it's a full-out horror. Okay. And... To the point where I've not reacted to a horror like this in quite some time where I'm crawling in my seat because the things that are going on in front of me is, like, full-on intense. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. And, like, the end of it, I think there's probably going to be a lot of people that come out of this, like, really dissatisfied with the ending because it goes the full gamut. So from being... I'm into it. It goes from being a realistic horror into just being like it knows it's a full-on like 70s slasher by the end of it and comes with the tropes of that like style as well mm-hmm. and i think like if you've become really attached to the idea of it being like a realistic horror and it then becomes to a degree almost Something a creature else. feature elements of the film um mm-hmm. i mean like, that's kind of like his vibe a little bit isn't yeah. it especially with like the sean of the um with the cornetto stuff it's just like 
it feels so based in realism and our lives but then there's always there's this ridiculous like fantasy yeah. element it's, it's and there's that, always that loop at the end of hot fuzz right whereas it's yeah. it's a mm. it's a film that's so indebted to the idea of hollywood kind of films but it just discusses it in the first two thirds yeah and actually it's a murder mystery but then it full goes yeah. full blown and it becomes his tribute to that mm. and the same with this is like that last kind of 10 minutes becomes his ode to the weirdness of slashers basically yeah. that sounds really nice. interesting I, I really want to see it i can't wait i'm yeah i've been i was I, in general i love edgar Wright. i was a bit down on baby driver mm-hmm. and the world's end i don't think those are his best works at all but hot fuzz is probably my favorite edgar Wright. then sean dead and then scott pilgrim mm-hmm. like i i think they are brilliant films and yeah i've kind of wanted him to do a to kind of do something different and this sounds like he's doing it with this a more straight face straight up horror and they always say there's a link between like if you can do comedy you can do horror and Mm. vice versa we've seen a lot of that with like john krasinski and jordan peele like yeah it's the same sort of like timing isn't it touches yeah it's all about timing and yeah i really and i want to see this in a cinema as well because i feel like it'll i don't know i feel like he he does make cinematic films and not so much in like grand cinematography way but like just his editing for one and his sound design is like up there as yes. some of the I mean, best like. I know you'll love the soundtrack of this Cardi like like there's there's so much good 60s it's music the Beatles on, on here. it um, there's not as much Beatles as you'd expect but well there is as long as there's some <laughs> but um there's uh he always strikes me as a Rolling Stones sort of man instead of the Beatles mm, Edgar Wright maybe yeah but um his I, I disagree completely <laughs> <laughs> His editing, as you say, is always impeccable. But because this is doing this whole thing of, like, it's a girl from the modern day experiencing the life of of a girl from the 60s, you'll have seen it. If you've watched the trailer, there's a bit where she's looking in the mirror and her reflection is Anya Taylor-Joy. And then as the camera moves, she has become Anya Taylor-Joy. But there's a Mm. dance sequence in, in, like, a 60s dance hall, whereas the camera swings around it each time it goes around her partner, who's been played by Matt Smith. Um, it changes which version of the character it is and you see little changes in the way that he's got each girl dressed. Okay. So you're watching kind of like Thomas and Mackenzie's character gradually become more and more at one with this girl from the mm-hmm. 60s that she's kind of experiencing. It's it's really cleverly directed. Nice. nice. I'm, I'm going to catch it soon. I, I'm very excited. Um, I would like... To do a quick end of search, actually. What? That's what I've decided. Sure. Yeah, let's Go do on. it. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I've got a question for you. What at the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I've got a question for you. Is it in the search? I just realised it's been a long time since we've described what the endless search is, and who knows, we may have picked up new listeners in the last year. You'd hope we have along mm. the way. But, um, yeah, we call this the endless search. It's just a different quiz we do each week because we used to do a quiz that some guy on the podcast used to do, but he left and he took that quiz with him, and we agreed we wouldn't do it anymore. So now we're it's the endless search to find a replacement quiz, and it will be an endless search because we're never going to just pick one. But this week, in honour of N7 Day, which is this Sunday. It's the day that honours everything Mass Effect. We've got an endless search here sent in from Luke Gorman, who has given us some Mass Effect go-on-name-ums to do. I know both of you 
have played through Mass Effect. We well, both played through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yes. Uh, both did you both do the Platinums in all three? Uh, did the Platinums in, in two of them. Yes, two and three. Not oh, not nice. one. Mm-hmm. There we go. So this should, in theory, be fresh in your mind. But there is a little twist. I'm scared because not only do these um, these Mass Effect one and three, but some of them also bring on Andromeda into play. Oh, oh I can't remember that game. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't worry, because a lot of them. I'm. I'm not gonna. There's. There's quite a few topics here. I'm not gonna do all of them, Luke. But I appreciate you sending them all in. Mm. But we're gonna start with a, a more simple one, I think. So, when you boot up a game of Mass Effect, there are six classes you can pick from to be. Okay. How many of those six can you name, Dale? You're gonna have first bid. Fucking. Uh, I'm. My memory is atrocious, by the way. Oh, don't so worry, I, Dale. So is mine. <laughs> like uh, it was only months ago, and it's already starting know, to fade. Right? Um, three off the top of my head. It's gone three. Can you four? That, that seems like a good sweet spot. Three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll try four. Oh, you're going to push to five. Uh, there's, there's six classes in Mass Effect. I'm going to have to hear Matt's four. I think because I cannot do five. I don't. I don't blame you. Five <laughs> would be a lot for this. I think. Okay, I'm going to need your four classes in Mass Effect, Matt. So I'm going to go Soldier. Yes. Sentinel. Ooh, didn't yes. think of that one. Vanguard. Yes. One more. <laughs> oh. Is it Engineer? Engineer is there. Nice. He's got the four. I would have never thought that. I'm always the, with or the, soldier, the little it. drone, I think, and Sentinel has got the holographic armor. I, I feel yeah. like I played. The, I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved my time with the Mass Effect trilogy, mm-hmm. but I did pick Soldier, which you know it's fine. I had a good time, but maybe not the most interesting mm-hmm. one to pick. Um, the other two you could have had were Infiltrator, yeah, and Adept. Oh. Adept is the biotic because I was I was like, it's not called a biotic, but it's a, mm-hmm. Adept is the one that's got the the implants, right? So there we go, that's 1-0 to Matt. So, this one does bring in Mass Effect Andromeda. Do you know what, though? I'm going to take out the Mass Effect Andromeda ones, because actually, do do I know... Let me uh, check that I'm getting this right, because I don't don't, want to mislead. Uh, I'm already thinking Uh, of potential questions and thinking about how (laughs) I'm going to struggle with those questions. (laughs) Okay. There are, in the Mass Effect trilogy... camera's gone off. Mass Effect trilogy. There are twenty-two squad mates. I knew this was going to be one of them. Dale's camera has disappeared. My camera's gone off. Can we still oh, hear yeah, him? Can still hear me. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. No one needs to panic. This is an audio-only podcast <laughs> anyway, because we do not have the time or resources to make it otherwise. Um, twenty-two squad mates. Matt, you get to go first. There we go. I'm back. He's back. Uh. In the entire trilogy, you said. Sorry, yeah. I was focused on yeah. the camera. Stuff. Twenty-two across the trilogy. Well, let's start with let's start low with eight. Mm-hmm. A steady eight. Ten. Oh, he's pumped it. Mm, we can probably do twelve. Ooh. Oh, now the animals are going tricky. two by two. Okay. <laughs> um, A little Noah's Ark reference for the kids out there. 13 oh 
I'm not even counting them in my head. I'm just thinking, do I think I can go that high? Because to, to sit here counting them all will be here forever. Yeah. Is it arrogance from that? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. Is it arrogance? Where's your hubris going to take you? <laughs> what have you said? What have you bid there? 13? 13, yeah. I'll do and 14. 20. Ooh, yeah, yeah. 14. Go on, name them, because there's no... Okay. I'm struggling at 13. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So presumably not including Commander Shepard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, and so I would have had 12. Then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a squad, mate. That's the yeah, character. Yeah, but he's part of the crew. Come on. Yeah, and, and I assume this also wouldn't include anybody that works on the ship that is not a person that you can take out. No joker. No, it'll be someone who can, yeah, yeah. join you on a mm-hmm. mission, basically. So, uh, Caden and Alenko? Uh, that is one, yes. Caden yeah. is there. <laughs> Ashley Williams? Mm-hmm. That's two. Uh, Liara Tassoni? Three. I don't need surnames. It's well. fine. Just give me the. <laughs> you're not getting bonus points for being a nerd. <laughs> not Rex. Uh, f- yeah, Rex is yeah. there for. Uh, Garrus. That's five. He's going. He's gone through the first one. He's doing them. Mm, yeah, doing them in order. That's probably the best way to remember them. To be fair. Uh, yeah, and then Jacob. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm. That's six. Miranda missed one from the first game as well. Sorry, what was that one? Miranda. Sorry. Miranda is there. Yes, mm-hmm. seven. Thane. Thane. Eight. Mm-hmm. Grunt. That's nine. What about the DLC ones? Have you have you made a point about them? Th- they're in the game. Okay. Right, okay. They're in the trilogy. Um, uh, sorry, was that nine? I think yeah, I'm at nine. nine I think. Yeah. Um, Kasumi. That's ten. Um, Eight. Is it 14 you're going for? Yeah, 14. Kind of because I've not properly gone in order now, isn't it? Like yeah, I, yeah, I start to mix it up. yourself. <laughs> um, Morden. Nice. Morden. Absolutely there. Uh, I'm going through. I'm going through the um, the sections of the ship, remembering who's in each <laughs> section. Um, so the one that I if did you've miss, not played Mass Effect, I apologise because <laughs> this is boring. Yeah. The one that I did miss from the first one, but I now know because I'm thinking of where she was on the ship is uh, um, <laughs> fuck Tali. Hey, Tali, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Jack, two more. Nice. Here we go. We need one more and. How long are we giving him, Dale? I don't know. It's hard because the third the ones on. are all like, they feel like such forgettable names. Mm-hmm. Javik. Yeah, I don't know, there's, a... there's Javik. Yeah. He's gone for Javik. I was trying 14. to think, what's the, fuck, what's the Who's name? Who's the meathead guy in three? Yeah. Um, what is his name? Zaid? No, 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 that's in two. DLC one, oh, yeah. James? Yes. James Vega. Vega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could have had James Vega. You could have had Zaid. You could have had Legion. Yeah. You could have had Samara, Morinth, Edie. Aria, Talok, and Nyrene. Mm. So there you go. Mm. You did well, though, Matt. It's 2-0 yeah. to Matt. You should call it Matt Effect, not Mass Effect. Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. We're going to do... Du, 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 du. We'll do three more. I'm going to pick them. Uh, so, there are eight vehicles that are oh, controllable by Shepard in the trilogy. Oh. And his camera's gone again. Dale's just quit the game. He cannot be bothered anymore. He's given in. 
It is Dale to bid first, though. What was the question? Sorry. Eight vehicles. Oh my that, god! Uh, Shepherd can control. Jesus Christ. Two. Mm-hmm. They say controllable by Shepherd. I don't know if this means man. I think they have used them, maybe even in cutscenes. I'm not sure about this, to be honest. Control? Do you control? Does Does one of them include the ship? I don't know. Yeah. No, we're going to skip know. that is one. It... This is a grey area. I'm going to skip this one. Don't get me wrong, Luke. I appreciate yeah, the questions. It, this one's a grey area because both Normandies are on here. And yeah, you that's... do control them on like the mini-map yes. when you're going around, but you're never flying well, you, them. Yeah, so... you're, not, you're not actually controlling it there. You're controlling a holographic representation of it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Instead, we're going to go on to this one, which is Normandy-related. Dale gets the bid five. The five decks of the Normandy. Okay, um, three... Oh, straight in there. But is it a bluff? I can't see his eyes, so I can't. Um, My camera's on. What are you talking about? <laughs> Never. No, you're looking down. Oh, right. you're looking... <laughs> I was just thinking. I'll do four. No. Can you do all five? Um. I think I've got four. Just trying. Oh, to that's think. not enough now, no, is it? No, I'm just trying to think. I might say five and see if it comes to me while I'm talking. <laughs> oh, okay, he's going for five. Okay, that's bold. All five decks of the Normandy. Go okay. on, down. So I've got the captain's cabin. Absolutely, yeah. that is one. Engineering. That is that is another two. Uh, the cargo hold is that one? Are we? Do cargo we want? Deck. Do we want the specific? <laughs> it's, it's it's not called. Yeah. There's not cargo in it. I know. What, it's not called that, but I know what you're thinking. Yeah, okay. Well, that's not screwed then. <laughs> um, engine, uh, did I say engineering? Yeah, Yeah, he's already done engineering, mate. Come um, on. I've lost it. So we, what am I, how what kind am I struggling? are we being here, Matt? I don't know. How, how kind well, what, are we being? What's the, so the base one, is that is that just called cargo? It's called shuttle bay. Shuttle oh, bay. okay. Well, I was wrong then. So it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. You were wrong. The other two were... CIC. And, and the CIC, mm-hmm. the combat mm-hmm. information center. Okay, so I wouldn't have remembered that, that is, one. Matt has one. Do you know what we'll do? We'll do. Should we do? We'll do one more quickly. Um, yeah, please, because I put this out of our misery because I hate this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Mass Effect One, there are seven main story planets and stations you visit for main missions. Honestly, you, you not, an not an idea. Not an idea. You come on. You must know a couple. There's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, you you bid. Go on. Two. He's gone for two. I honestly can't even think of them. Save some so. face. No, there's no face to be saved. I'm afraid. <laughs> okay. so, Matt, two you're gonna face. have to name it. Off the top of my head, I could probably. I've only ever played it once. Mass Effect One once, and I oh, skimmed yeah, through you it didn't... very fastly and didn't yeah, care. You don't like one, do you? No, not very good. Yeah. Uh, so Eden Prime. No, I do yep. know that one. To be and Vermeer. Vermeer, exactly. The others you could have had were Citadel, oh, uh, well, yeah. Ilos, Novaria, Ferros, and Ferrum. There we go. Mm. A lovely little game. It, and I think to the surprise of no one, Matt knows his Mass Effect. So there we go. Um, not that Dale doesn't. It was just Matt definitely does. It was a horrible experience, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, next, we're going to do some feedback. And after that, we're actually going to have a little 
spoiler discussion about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy because we had to talk around it last time. We've all finished the game now, so just going to talk about why we loved it so much and just go into story spoilers because I know Matt will definitely want to talk about a couple of characters that are close to his little heart. <laughs> um, feedback, Dale, what you got? Oh, okay. This is from Barry Lunny. Afternoon, lads. You asked for films that have something so jarring in it completely took you out of the moment. Hitman with Timothy Oliphant, a shite film made all more annoying by the fact that Dugray Scott took out a cigarette in every scene, put it in his mouth, and then wrangled up for, uh, then wrangled up a reason to take it out without lighting it. Why fucking bother? What a prick. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Harry. I just, I quite enjoyed that just, you know, I'm really annoyed by Dugray Scott <laughs> having a cigarette. Um yeah, I I think I have seen that. They made two Hitman films, um, didn't they? I've not mm. seen them, so no. The other one I think was I've with, seen the Oliphant one. They did one with uh, Rupert Friend, is his name? Rupert Find? The guy from, he was in Homeland. Mm, I didn't see that one. I think I've seen the Oliphant one. Yeah, weird that they tried that twice and, and mm. failed twice. So it's not a um, game that make. they're not story-led no. games. They're, no. they're, like, I guess it's... It feels like the it, most recent it's one cool enough that it could be a movie, yeah. I guess, maybe. But I suppose the whole premise that, yeah, someone's manufacturing hitmen mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting well, thing. I but imagine it's the sort of thing that on a movie poster, if you didn't know about the game, could look intriguing mm-hmm. to a casual cinema goer. Yeah, just man with a barcode on the yeah. back of its head. Well, being a hitman, it's called Hitman for a start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't no. very good, was it? But... Uh, yeah, Duke Risk got any cigarettes. Made it even worse for Barry. That's a shame. Um, I've got one here from Gavin Greer, who says, Hi guys, after hearing the great question about making your own challenges in games, it reminded me of one we used to do at uni. In GTA 4, we would start from the hospital in the top right of the map in Bohan and try to make it through Algonquin and to the bottom left corner of Alderney. The catch was you weren't allowed to use cheats and had to get a wanted level of three stars before you set off, which made the bridge crossings pretty mental. <laughs> we called it the death run, <laughs> as it proved to be a nightmare to do. Keep up the great work and respect and fear the sea. I know I do because I can't swim. <laughs> Gammy, all that time you could have learnt to swim, you were spending <laughs> doing the death run. Uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty fun, um, to be fair. Yeah, I... GTA games are definitely rife for that, especially when you're just doing like, yeah, just playing with friends like on, on the on the sofa. Like, yeah, just we definitely like me and my mates definitely did that. I think with the original Driver on mm-hmm. PS1, we uh, it'd be yeah, or was that that might have even been an in-game challenge where you get five stars and see how long you could survive with like the most the highest wanted level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good for that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Gavin. Keep sending those into IGN mm. underscore UK. Be back at IGN. It reminds me of one Calm. actually I used to do when I was younger, which was with the original Resident Evil. And the only reason we did it, me and my friends did it, is because we didn't have a memory card and we couldn't <laughs> get a memory card. So it was basically start the game and see how far you can mm-hmm. get. And looking at it now, I was like, I don't know why we didn't just finish the game every time. I don't know why it wasn't like because it's not a hard game. But for us, it, mm-hmm. as kids, it really was. And we'd always, I always remember getting to the bit with the sharks. And by that point, we just r- completely ran out of ammo. And it was just like, <laughs> just holding on for dear life. And then we would just die and just start the whole thing again and do it all again. It's crazy, the things you do as a kid. Yeah, you just don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> Bring up, you just love cloud saves. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes life yeah. a lot easier. Uh, you've got a piece of feedback, Matt. Mm-hmm. 
This one's from Daniel Stanford, who says, Hey all, I picked up her story years ago in one of the many Steam sales, but never got round to playing it until three Christmases ago. I asked my wife if she fancied sitting down and playing playing it through with me. What was an off-the-cuff suggestion spiraled into a full three-day investigation as we channeled our inner Charlie in the post room from It's Always Sunny and went around piecing the mystery together. It was so much fun that we made it an annual tradition. Two years ago, we played the spiritual successor to her story, Telling Lies. Once again, we had pieces of paper strewn across the floor with notes scribbled and lines connecting the dots. Last year, during the Christmas that never was, I bought the return of the Obra Dinn. What a game! We enjoyed it immensely and took such satisfaction in identifying all crew members without any hints of cheat- or cheating. The reason for me writing to you is I need a new recommendation for this Christmas. I'll say my tastes seem to regularly align with Joe, but I'm open to ideas from any other team. Sorry, Joe's not here, but we'll do our best. <laughs> We've played we the last. Detectives. Th- we've played the last three on st- on Steam via my eight year old MacBook, but I also have a PS4 and a Switch. Thanks and stay safe from Dan. The answer so here for- is uh, <laughs> um, shit. Why is it? Why I was going to say Paradise Killer. Is yes, that the game you're thinking yes, of? That's there we it. go. Why did that disappear out of my head? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you haven't played it, mate. I'm not fucking out. Yeah, Paradise Killer um, is, in, I, I guess, Return of the Obra Dinn is probably its closest relative yeah, in a weird kinda, way. Yeah, without, yeah, that's why anything. You're, just, it's very odd. I'll prepare yeah. you for that now. It's odd. It's a fantasy yeah, it's, more than it is. It's a, it's a yeah. whodunit game. It's uh, trying to work out who committed a murder in in a place, mm-hmm. uh, and there's weird things going on. I would say it's not to the same extent. But the Forgotten yeah, City kind of has a little bit of that to it. I as guess well. with the Forgotten City, though, it kind of like you never actively have to solve it yourself. Yeah. You just have it's to get the information. Simpler. Yeah, Paradise mm. Killer is definitely one of those. I would say it's less of that sort of game, but Disco Elysium. The whole hook is trying to work out who did a murder. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a good detective game. I'm not sure it's this. It's not an Oberdin sort of game. Yeah, it's not um, an open sort of. No. I mean, like it's open in that you can go around and do what you want, but it's got story beats that lead you yeah. through a narrative. I mean, to that extent, like if you want something that's more like playing something that's like episodic, then you've got the Ace Attorney games that are kind of a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say The Wolf Among Us, which yeah. people forget about. The Wolf Among Us is amazing. Yeah. I love. I would game. also say um, that does have a certain amount of freedom is the Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishment game, which is yes. episodic, very good. but does allow you to not know if you made the right deduction and force mm-hmm. you into actually choosing something. I can remember there's one of those where I sent a small boy to prison for being a murderer, and it's like, <laughs> it was quite clearly not him. I just sent a small... You just wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah why not? Similar not? A bit more action-based, and it would... Yeah, it's would be the same similar sort of thing as LA Noir, but that's you know that's more GTA with investigations mm-hmm. really, and but, um, has very specific points. Like if you get the things yeah. wrong in LA Noir, uh, an Irishman shouts at you yeah, a yeah. lot until yeah. you get it right. <laughs> uh, I was just about to shout one of the lines from that, but I do not want to shout that line <laughs> out loud in my house. Uh, but there's some very funny moments in LA Noir. But yeah, there's some good detective games for you. But yeah, Paradise Killers definitely probably ticking most of the boxes there for what you're looking for but enjoy it it's just they don't make many games like return of the Dim, which is an all-timer so yeah sad do you know what actually although i'm not its biggest fan the outer worlds kind of has a bit of that mm. trying to piece together mm, what's going on a mystery at least yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm sure if joe was here he would be suggesting that for you be sadly not with us today oh maybe next week he'll be back and he can suggest more for you um 
that's the end of the normal podcast. Now we're going to go into a bit of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy spoilers. So if you haven't played and finished Guardians of the Galaxy, I suggest you turn off now because after you hear this little bit of one of the 80s songs from Guardians of the Galaxy, I haven't decided which one it's going to be yet, we will be spoiling that game completely. So thank you for listening and goodbye. I think we all ended up loving this game. Mm-hmm. What a lovely game. What a refreshing... Kind of the opposite of COD in a way. You're getting almost like 18 hours worth of campaign. Or like yeah, it's beefy, isn't it? more than that. It was, exactly. it was a real um, beefy boy. Where do we want to start with it? Like, full, full spoilers? I don't know. Like Maybe, Matt, you want to start? Because you are... You're our Guardians boy. You're our comics boy. Mm-hmm. I know you were particularly excited by Mr. Goldboy himself, Adam Warlock. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where it's kind of... I know that the MCU has hinted that Adam Warlock was going to be in it at the end of Guardians uh, Volume 2, and now they've since weirdly cast Will Poulter yeah, as him. Yeah, that's an odd one. Which, Although, have you seen a picture of him from the other day? He's looking... He, he's built up some bulk, jacked? I tell you. Assume, yeah. Assuming this Adam Warlock is the same, as similar to the one in the game, then I think like he can do the 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 speaking part well mm-hmm. like it definitely yeah. feels like he could carry that sort of vibe you know mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i w- when you go i think when i went into this i was expecting something that was closer to um kind of like i suppose what insomnia could do with spidey right is that they're reasonably kind of contained mm. and they're quite focused and this is contained and focused in its own way but it, it actually reminds me much more of the Arkham games, which is just like, have this villain, have this villain. You know, why not take 20 yeah. minutes aside and have this villain as well? And by the time you got to the end of it, it was just like, in the same way the Rocksteady do with the Arkham games, just like what I felt were real deep cuts of Marvel kind of choice characters. I really didn't expect Adam Warlock to be in it, even though it tees it up reasonably early by saying kind of like the the, the Universal Truth Church were in yeah. it. And I was like, okay... That's Adam Warlock related. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to turn up. And then they do the full blown, like literally, here he is, soul stone in his head, all of the gold mm-hmm. goodness. Um, but then that whole promise of like Fin Fang Foom being in it with Drax mm. just going. And I thought it was just a joke. I thought it was just a joke that like here's a fucking dumb character from the comics. It's just a giant dragon. Yeah. They're never going to put it in. And then like a huge part of its final act revolves around the idea oh, of capturing God. a giant dragon. It's one of my favourite parts well, of the game, I think, the Fing mm-hmm. Fang Foom stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say the, the boss, and I know you love words about this, Matt, the boss fight itself is pretty poor, but mm. has that thing you hate of boss characters being off screen and yeah. just S- hurling attacks at you. Yeah. yeah, stop making boss characters that are just, like, stationary. Like, what? Yeah. there's no fun in that. Uh, for me, the, the the hunt of Fing Fang Foom, and I think it was it was more because Drax was my favourite character during the mm-hmm. whole game. And I think it's it's his level of excitement and the way he talks and, yeah. like, um, oh, it's so good. creates a mythology around him. He, like, he's always talking about how great he is and what he could do. And, what, and like, he's so excited about that battle. It just, I really enjoyed that chapter, just listening to Drax talk yeah. about it. I, I love Drax. Yeah. I'm like, he's probably my favourite character in the films and the games. Mm. Like, I, I, I just love Drax, and he's even better in the game, yes. I think. And even have the Wendigos in that section. Like, yeah. They're just throwing out weird <laughs> things from the comics. Mm. Like, Yeah, it's, it's so odd. Like, Yeah, I think one of my favourite 
bits is definitely Drax's section. Like, and that was I think that says how much I was enjoying his character. That the bit the mission where he's kind of against you, I was not into it as much. I was like, yeah. I want him on side. I don't want to be against Drax. But I will say during that section, kind of Mantis makes up for it because I really liked this portrayal of Mantis a lot. She was a lot more interesting, I think, than the film version. Sure, she's she's crazy yeah full on nuts i did think maybe they did the joke one too many times of yes you've seen every possible reality here (laughs) just like every single corner we're doing that i Um, think part of that 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 i think that section actually has a bit of a pacing issue where you're doing a lot of like going through all of those like caves and all of the smoke and stuff like that it just meant that like the dialogue i think just was real stretched to its limits at that point so it felt like because there's still more of this the the writing team are like oh, we've got to write another scene. Yeah. We've kind of only got the same joke that we can run with at the moment. Yeah, that, that was the only, I think it was the only chapter section where I actually stopped playing about halfway through. Every other section I would be like, okay, tonight I'm going to finish this chapter before I mm-hmm. move on. Uh, but yeah, I but I also had, um, it reminded me, I, I had quite a few glitches in the game and that was where I had one of them. You know, when you had to, you were saying the names of the enemies and then the enemy would appear. Mm. And there was one time where I got, about three of them in I worked out what was going on and so I just like well I'm just not going to say anything but it was clearly too early in the game to do that I don't know if it I was had possible. that exact yeah. same thing. and it just, like, would, it just nothing would load work. so I had yeah. to restart the tre- restart the checkpoint oh really I yeah. see I I didn't I just decided to keep picking an option and eventually it just there was the option to say nothing so I just picked it so yeah I never had that yeah. like there I don't know if they've patched it recently but um yeah, there were a few glitches oh. and bugs when I played it before launch. I got stuck I, in the I environment just, quite a lot as well. Yeah, that the jumping, like the actual latching on on the other side had a few problems. I also had a bit where, you know, that you quite often need to use Groot to create bridges. Yes. Just Groot mm-hmm. just got lost. Oh, really? It just wasn't there. So you just have to reload. I do kind of like as the game goes on, they start doing those bits themselves. They're just like, yes. yeah, I know what I've got to do here. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to keep commanding them. I quite enjoyed that. It's like, oh, they're learning as well. Like, and... I want to talk about one scene in particular, which I just wasn't expecting. Like, I was expecting a lot of things in this game. I was expecting stupid fun. I was expecting jokes. The bit near the end of Star Lord and Nikki at the birthday party was genuinely quite emotionally mm, affectionate. Mm. I was like, this is almost like, and I, I like, I don't know, doing this thing was like, this is obviously a good studio who have good pedigree and like, but like, it was almost like Naughty Dog level stuff for me. It was like, this could be an annoyed, like a last this game, like this conversation yes. they're having about loss. I was like, mm-hmm. I was not expecting to be like, yeah, not, you know, I wasn't on the verge of tears, but you know, I was like, this is, this is quite affecting. Like in the middle of this mad space battle, they've managed to pull that off at the same yeah. time. I think the the writing and, and in general performances obviously lean into that, but a big part of that for me is how good the facial mocap is in this game. It feels premium and those stories feel great as well. And it, yes, like at times I would sort of like almost forget like I was playing the game because I just thought this is just high quality like Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you got a lot with Drax's uh, through line as well, where you finally get to the point where he's discussing like, I lost my family and that's mm-hmm. why I gave in to this whole idea of mm-hmm. the church promising me I could see them again. Yeah. And you know, it, we've known through the MCU kind of side of things before that, like, you know, Thanos killed his family. But being able to see him with his family and seeing that kind of, like, it's not necessarily a more gentle side of him, but, like, a real loving, caring kind of side of yeah. Drax and realising, like, this man lost a lot and it's turned him into kind of, like, a very funny monster. 
but he is essentially a killing machine now and this is what happened to him and i kind of like i really liked seeing that yeah also like you got to fight thanos at one point that's the bit i like they did it in that vision they did the whole thing of like we're not going to do a thanos storyline like he's Mm -hmm. already killed him (laughs) basically it's like yeah he's gone it just Um, it just reminded me of something i really love about drax in that game is that anytime you ask him to pick or move a really heavy object he always talks about it as like, yes, this will be no challenge. I am clearly the strongest man. <laughs> like, his response is always fantastic. He's such a good character. I, I love drugs. Yeah. yeah. It's just a very good... Uh, yeah, I think it surprised a lot of people how good this game is. I hope a lot of people played it. I haven't looked at sales numbers, but I fear that it may not have sold as well as... Like, I'm hoping the critical reception to it allows them to do either another Guardians game or a similar sort of game, just because... Mm. Like, it's just refreshing to have, like, a single-player game with no microtransactions, with no... There was a good length as well. Like, I just... It's what I want every now and then. I know we get them, but, like, I don't feel like this year we've had many. Like, we have a lot of single-player games, but they, like, a Far Cry sound, but it's an open world, and there's side missions, and there's distractions. It's like, we have have The Last of Us, like, God of War to an extent, but even that has, like, side missions, open world. It's like, it was just a narrow tight game and i really just enjoyed having that something i i actually really enjoyed as someone who doesn't know marvel comics and doesn't know the history of guardians of the galaxy is how like sort of like it almost respected me as an audience member is like it didn't over explain all these characters that i've never experienced before like i i kind of knew who adam warlock was and like cosmo as well like i kind mm. of heard of them before but never really got the vibe but it, the game never like felt like it needed to explain that it's just like no this is our world you know there's more information out here if you want to find it but we're telling the story and I, th- I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it because mm-hmm. I was learning about new characters without being forced in front of me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does that very well in the same way as say before, like that reminds me a lot of how Arkham was always treated as yes. characters. They were just like, these people live in Gotham and they annoy Batman pretty much year in, year out. You've just got to deal with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys pay, pay your fine? I, I yeah, never did yes, pay my I did fine. pay my fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I know you did, Doug, because there's a trophy yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know. I think all that affects is like the last two seconds of the yeah. game. I did. Own. After I finished the game, I read through what the choices do, and I was like, it's quite surprising. Like, the yeah. one I was disappointed was with the, oh, what's it called? The the giant star thing. Is it the world mind or something? Um, no, the, 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 the Nova Core kind of yeah. big. Um, it's called yeah, something world something. The world mind. Yeah, with that, I didn't manage to convince it. To help me, so no, neither did so I. apparently it comes back and helps you in like a big battle, like towards the end of the game. Oh. I had Cosmo come and help. Yeah, me. so I had that, uh, but I'm not sure yeah. if that's just a replacement for that, maybe or, or not. But maybe mm. it's another one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because yeah, I failed that conversation mm-hmm. completely, and then at the end, I was like, well, if you're not going to help me, I'm not yeah. paying my fine. There's bigger things to worry. But about. there's also here. that conversation with Cosmo as well, where you it says at the end it comes up saying like he will remember this or whatever it, the equivalent yeah, yeah. was so i'm wondering like what happens if you don't get either of them on side does it just make the battle harder like yeah i'm guessing you just have to fight those battles yeah. Yeah. like there's the one earlier on which i kind of alluded to i think when we did the non-spoiler chat is the group rocket the yeah the group rocket one with lady hellbender so yeah if you choose to sell rocket like i did oh, I you have group. to do a lot of fighting in that mission yeah but if you sell Groot, you do a stealth yeah, mission yeah. which mm-hmm. yeah it's just interesting it doesn't really affect the story but it's weird that yeah you can have two the, very different places, there's one i really like is what did you guys did you guys hide the llama or rockets uh, I, box hi- of tricks? Yeah, I, I hid the llama i hid the llama yeah. i hid the llama yeah. see i hid the box attack 
And you so got a bigger you know, fine, I think, is what happens. So you get a different fine, but also, yeah. you know when um, there's the bit where Drax locks the ship down and you're stuck in your um, your rooms? Yeah. As far as I know, for you guys, it's the alarm would just chew. Yeah, the hole in the wall behind a poster that you can jump down. Yeah. yeah. So if you've sold, if you hit, if you did it the other way around, mm-hmm. you're all stuck in your rooms. And the because the llama still stays on the ship, you don't get it yeah. compounded or anything like that. But you have to guide the llama to a wiring panel so it chews through the wires to unlock all the doors. Oh. But you do that by you're watching him on an iPad basically, and if Star Lord sings, he comes to <laughs> Star Lord's room, and if Groot sings, he goes there. But because Gamora and Rocket can't sing, the llama runs away from them. Okay. So you have to start singing. That in, sounds like, different fun. I missed out on that to herd the llama to the wires it's really fun and you get a massive missile launcher on the back of the milano which is cool because rocket gets to that keep sounds stuff. like the far better yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> fucked up there yeah. <laughs> yeah i did like the llama though mm. but yeah very good game i hope we get more of them yeah there we go that's all i have to say guess we have to pick a, oh let's pick another 80s song why not mm-hmm. uh we'll pick another one we'll work it out it'll be a mystery uh, uh, oh it sounds like what one? Jitterbugs. We did. I did Jitterbug. I did oh, uh, Wait Before You Go Go last time. Oh. We'll um, pick one. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you get to pick. Is White Wedding then? I asked for White Wedding. Oh, that's a good one. That's okay, good you, one. Can have, yeah. you can have White Wedding this time. My treat to you. Okay? Lovely. Thank you for listening for another week. We'll be back next week, which we will be talking about GTA a lot in, I imagine, because GTA's out, in it? Yep. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey little sister, who's your superman? Hey little sister, who's the one you want? Hey little sister, shotgun. It's a nice day to start again. It's a nice day for a white wedding. It's a nice day to start again. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.